0: Hello and welcome to Game Like Training Radio powered by the Golf Science Lab, where we'll help you set up practice and learning environments to actually help you play your best golf on the golf course and not on the range. Hey, I'm one of your hosts, Cordy Walker. And I'm your
1: co-host, Matthew Cook. And today we are going to sit down and talk to David Colclough. David is the head of coaching and sports science for the PGA of Great Britain and Ireland. And uh, David has a really good coaching background, and uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit more about the education of the PGA and the direction the PGA is going.
0: Should be fun. Yeah, I think it's always interesting to get like this inside look at what's going on inside some of these organizations that really drive where the PGA pros are headed. So it's cool. Uh, This is a good conversation with David. We talk about a lot of different things. So without further ado, let's get to it. we're excited to be back with a little bit of a different episode. We have on David Colclough. He's the head of coaching and sports science for PGA, GB and I. And so a bit of a different perspective than we're used to, but uh, it's going to be a great conversation talking about uh, what they're up to at PGA, uh, GB and I around some of the advances they're making with their training programs and what they're most interested in over there. Uh, And yeah, so it's going to be a good chat. David, how's it going?
2: Gordy, very well, thank you. Yeah, ex- ex- excited to be with you and and uh, with Matthew as well.
1: Yeah, thanks for joining us, Dev. Appreciate
2: it. Well, thanks for the invitation, guys. It's a privilege. I listen to your stuff so much that uh, I feel like I'm part of the family.
0: You are. You are now. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, yes. Um. So give us, like, what What do you do, like, as the head of coaching and sports science? Like, what's a day like, or what are you working on?
2: Okay. Uh, well, as head of coaching and sports science, my, my remit really is to have an overview of all of the coaching and sports science content that we provide to the initial training program. So, uh, so here in, in GB, uh, it's a three year training program for somebody to become a, a qualified PGA golf professional. Uh, and then also just off the back of my last job, I've been in, been in this role now for probably seven, eight months. Uh, but I spent the last six years here looking after member education. So, uh, trying to support members once they qualify, with whatever area of, uh, of development they wish to go into, whether it was to be a manager or a, or a, a, a coaching uh, professional or whether it was to be a club professional, we've tried always to provide them with uh, formal and informal education that supports them to make them better PJ pros, to make them, or hopefully, hopefully uh, give them the opportunity to, to A, make, give everyone a better experience uh, who plays golf, who comes into contact with a PJ pro, and, and ultimately also to, to help them, uh, have a, make a better living uh, and earn more money. So uh, now I'm focused very squarely back on coaching. Uh, it's it's my first love, uh, as we were chatting just before. It's uh, an area I've been involved in since the day I became an assistant professional, which is is long ago, back in the 80s. Uh, my first boss was a guy called Martin Hall, who I'm sure many of your listeners know. Uh, and his, his passion and, and influence on me is... It's is clear to see for anybody that knows me because uh, mine's a huge influence on my career uh, to, to this
0: day. And, and his passion for teaching and coaching is one that uh, I try to share and, and to grow in the same way as he has. So, you know, as a part of looking at coaching now, that's where you're focused. Like, what are some of the things that you're looking into or what interests you most right now? Is someone that's kind of on the forefront of, of educating all, all the members and stuff like that?
2: Well... I mean, I guess I would say that, that, we, that we continually look at everything. Uh, I mean, I think one of the responsibilities that we have is, as a PGA and as, a, as an initial influence on uh, PGA golf professionals uh, now and in the future is to make sure that we are abreast of, of anything and everything that's, that's relevant to, to golf coaching. So, I mean, I think a lot of the work that you and, and Matthew have done around uh, sort of motor control, practice routines, that sort of thing is, is certainly something that's, that's in our program. And we continue to look and, and and refresh both the content and the delivery to the students around that. And, and I think uh, without question, well, you you only have to look at our uh, PGA member ed feed to see the influence that the two, two of you have had in terms of that informal learning that I spoke about. Um, we're very, very keen on not only uh, providing a, a very strong and structured training program for those coming in, but equally to try and make as many people aware as possible of of good sources of of knowledge and information that will help them be better PGA golf professionals and, and better, better coaches. So, any any work that that I see coming out from from yourselves, um, guys at uh, the PGA Tour on the Mark Podcast done some great stuff. I mean, just this morning, uh, I was listening to uh, Vern Gambetta, uh, coach Gambetta on his GAIN podcast, talking about technical models or technical frameworks, which is, it was another great little 20-minute uh, sort of a piece of information from a, from a really strong source. And, and where we see that great information from a strong source, then we'll, we have no problem in, in highlighting that to the membership so that they can gain that, that perspective and hopefully... Some of them may may change and adapt as, as a result of that. So we're, we're looking across everywhere, Cordy. Uh, I mean, it's having known I was obviously going to come on and talk with you guys. It was it was interesting to reflect back on my own training and then look look forward to where we are now. And uh, one of my colleagues uh, here has a uh, an old PJ manual that he had when he first uh, uh, became an assistant back in the back in the early eighties, and that had forty pages to get across the the entire curriculum for golf swing and golf coaching. I think it's probably closer, if we were working in pages now, to 4,000 pages. And I think the other side of that as well is that of those 40 pages, 36 were pretty much about teaching the golf swing or how to fix a slice or a hook and and very little on learning or performance or practice or ways in which you uh, you you'd, you'd want to deal with deal with players so uh, i look now at a program which has got a really eclectic mix of, of the key stuff around the technical and the tactical i look at the physical and mental we look at sort of the motor control how people practice how you how you work with 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 students in terms of your communication and and it's it's a pretty elaborate uh Training program that they go th- go through. When you consider that they have also do business management here and equipment technology uh, and personal development as well as part of their sort of three years.
1: It is quite a holistic program, isn't it, David? It's. I haven't been. It hasn't been that long since I did my PGA. I think it's been um, what maybe four, four years, five years, maybe now, <laughs> um, and. Just the the amount uh, of information that the PGA tried to cover on all these different aspects of the game, and it continues to grow with people like yourself that are actively looking for it.
2: But- yeah, and I think one of the one of the key things as well, uh, Matthew, is that, uh, and probably one of my first roles here is to try to try to look at this content and make sure that at the same time as it gets bigger and bigger, that we don't necessarily lose our way, so that there is a, especially for for, for coaches that come in. Uh, who are new to the game again? You, you, as a, as a, as a good, you have to be a good player. You have to be a single, a single uh, figure category, one golfer so four handicap or better for for men, six handicap and better for, for, for women. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean, as I'm sure you both know, that that makes you a good coach. the, the, yeah. the concept of being a good player and therefore being a good coach is is completely uh, nonsensical in my mind, and uh, and is borne out every day by. Uh, the work we do here with people who are very good players but who who can't necessarily grasp even the most basic of initial coaching concepts when they first arrive uh, it gives them a good basis from which if you can if you can teach them around the way in which they might have learned the game uh, it gives you a good basis from which to start but it certainly isn't a link uh, and so trying to make sure that uh, we have a, a really strong core Strong thread running through the program is is probably the most important thing as as we get more and more information every day from from so many different sources.
1: yeah, do you know what I think is is really good that you you actually have that coaching background as you you've been in what most coaches would call the trenches. you've been out there and you have that that tacit knowledge of actually trying to help this golfer fix this slice. you know you've been out there in the real world doing it. Yeah. And I think it's important. You you we, you mentioned it before we uh, came on the show that it's great that all of this information's out there. And to be honest, a lot of it's been around for decades. We're just now yeah. starting to put it into the world, uh, into the hands of people through all these different mediums, such as Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of that stuff. Um, but I think it is important to to not get so much one way. Uh, like, let's say you read, um, Schmidt and Lee's book on motor control and performance and you read nothing else. You can't solely base your coaching on, on that book that you've read. You know, yep. you, if you've read David Ledbetter's, uh, faults and fixes, which uh, a bunch of people have, you can't just base your coaching on just that one thing. It's, yep. it's, it, it is difficult to read and take in all this information But at the end of the day, you still have to come back to, look, you have a golfer in front of you and you have to try to cater to that particular person's needs right there and then.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, again, going back to where we've come from, I think it would be fair to say that that anybody who went through the program 30 years, 20 years ago, even uh, came out. And sorry, just to to digress. I mean, it comes off the back of that that, uh, podcast I was talking about this morning where they were talking about technical models. And 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 uh, Van Gambetta talked about uh, historically in athletics, uh, the athletics coach would would default to teaching every athlete the technical model for that particular discipline, and I don't think that's and I know that's no different in any other sport in at that particular point in time. And, and i I did tweet out that I, I can't believe that any there is a single coach on this planet that was born clever enough. Not to have started there in the first instance to to have mm-hmm. started by here's a technical model. I'm going to teach everybody that because that's what that's what good practice looks like, and it's it's only as as we've evolved so that we now have i, I would I would suggest that we do have a a technical framework now through the laws, principles, and preferences model that Gary Wyron first wrote about uh, as a as a as a starting point so that uh, and you guys hit on it all the time with your podcasts around the performance element of it is about what the ball does performance element and element of it is not what does a golf swing look prettier? Does it look nicer? Does it look more on plane? Does it look, mm-hmm. does it look more conformist? It's, it's about performing of, of the golf ball. And, and we start very much from that now. And that gives us a much more flexible way in which we can help coaches develop themselves. So ultimately, as you just said, they can teach the person in front of them and not, not a, not a,
0: not a technical model that's that sat in their head, which is a, is an easy default to go yeah. to it's difficult to get coaches to to a point where they can do that because it it takes it takes a good level of knowledge and experience and um, just a good understanding like it, obviously this is a big question and, and this is difficult but like what are some of the biggest challenges that you face training coaches that you're trying to to improve as, as someone that's educating educating members
2: it is absolutely a, it's, a, it's a great point cordy that uh to be able to get to that point where you are able to assess somebody on the basis of what they bring to, to the, to the, to the lesson T to the golf course, to the, to their golf game takes, takes a lot of, a lot of work. And I think, uh, if you, if we look at Paul, I I did, uh, I did a lot of work, uh, and I spent a little bit of time with Paul Schemp and Paul talks about obviously this novice to expert continuum. And you, and you look at, the traits of somebody who's in in that sort of novice state is that they, they want, they want technical models. They want best practice. They want things that, that they, they know in in their mind are, are a good place to start. And and it's actually, you asked the question at a very pertinent time because we're, we're just in the middle of reviewing uh, our coaching qualifications, which sit alongside the professional training program. So we have, uh, for individual coaching qualifications that are are set aside from the PGA Professional Training Program, and we really are we're in a at a point where that question is the one that's being posed: where do we start with those younger coaches, those coaches that are coming into the game for the first time? It would be very easy to put a a swing model up there and say, well, teach to that, and and as long as you provide some some fun and entertainment, and it's in a safe environment, and you can give them some good practice habits to take away. And That's a good starting point, but I'm not I'm not convinced that's that's where we need to go. And and things like games-based training is very popular within physical education. Uh, it's very popular with those people who are successful at at taking golf into into schools. People like Pete Ball in Sheffield here, who's a phenomenal coach of of young kids in a in a school environment. So we're looking at those sorts of things to see if we can. We can just perhaps shift the direction of of where we currently start
0: that that process. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's difficult shifting that process. Like, you know, a lot of what what I've I've spent my time doing, in Matthew as well, is something that's counter um, counter tradition. That's traditional is not the right word, but like counter current paradigm. Like, so everyone wants a model, right? We all want like a yeah. perfect check by check system, but that's mm-hmm. just not the reality. And so, trying to trying to educate people on how people learn real world in real life and and then also like some new ways to look at it like that's very much going against what the stereotype is as you grow up yeah. as a young child learning golf you know like just the whole thing so it's really mm. like I, I mean it's a big challenge
1: it's a complete almost the complete opposite of what our brains really want at that stage when it's when things are re- relatively new and it's at that sort of uh, cognitive stage uh, there's a lot you know a lot of thinking and a, a lot of things that a beginner or a novice coach or even golfer regardless of uh, what what it is so long as they're a novice they want that simple here's the quick start guide to it here's the the model here's the framework and then, like you, like you brought up David, that continuum from novice to leading to an expert. All of a sudden, it's re- it's not quite that simple anymore. <laughs> no,
2: no, <laughs> you know, it's
1: like a, it's like you said, Cordy, a second ago, with a, a child. They see, they try to see the world almost as if it's pretty easy and simple when they're young. They don't know the difficulties in life. They don't know all of the the different stresses that start to get placed upon them as they grow up and get older. Uh, Same in golf, as they start to become better golfers, you know, those little nuances and those things that seemed so simple in the beginning, uh, not quite as simple anymore. So same with golf coaches, you know, you're not just dealing with a junior golfer or an adult golfer anymore. You're dealing with an adult golfer that's going through this in his life right now. He's at this stage of his uh, development in skill. He's been to see these four different coaches before you. All of a sudden, that model that you learned three years ago, you're going to have to adapt to it a little bit. And I guess that's where that tacit knowledge comes in as well, from being in in the trenches teaching for for a long time and getting the experience.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and and also the exposure to to other people who do things in a different ways from you. I mean, I think one of the things that that pops straight into my head when we, when you when you were talking there, uh, Matthew, is is. And as a, as a conversation I had with 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 Martin with Martin Hall, which was around, you should always try and find people who don't necessarily see the world in the way that you do, mm-hmm. and just and just sort of question why that might be, because there might well be some 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 validity uh, to their to their to their world to their worldview that's that's different to yours, and, and it, trying to understand that is is really I guess where you start to move the needle from, from being somebody who just accepts that this is the only way to do it. This is the black and white way to do it to somebody who becomes a bit more competent and, and ultimately, hopefully, hopefully becomes, becomes more expert down the line. But it's, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a great challenge. Going back to the original question about how do we, how do we make this work? How do we progress the education for, for PJ professionals, for, for coaches who, who volunteer their time uh, across great Britain and Ireland. It's, it's, it's one of those things that, literally does sometimes keep me up at night, but it's also one of those challenges which means that I really want to listen to to experts, get their view, compare their view with my view, uh, run it around in my head, look for evidence. I mean, one of the things I really love about the work that you both have, have, have done, your book that you've just got out recently, Matthew, is, is there's an evidence base behind it, and mm-hmm. I think... That is something that uh, the PGA strives to do more, more and more each year. Is we we won't put we won't put information into our into our training programs to be digested by PGA professionals if there isn't an evidence evidence base behind it. And and that doesn't mean we have to link to pick out the latest academic paper and and stick it on a uh, on an e-learning platform for them to read. But we have to take it take the essence of what that that evidence is. And then make sure that we can we can digest it and pro- provide it
0: to to PJ pros if it's if it's relevant if it's if it's something that they need to know about. So it sounds like you are trying to change the paradigm then in in kind of how coaches are are teaching then.
2: Oh, I think we're I think we're trying to keep coaches up to up to date who 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 qualified many years ago. Cordia, so uh, as I say, the the CPD side of things. Within the PGA, so continued professional development is there to try and ensure that those those professionals, like like, like Matthews' era, uh, far far earlier my era, uh, who, who qualified, can can still have access or get access to, to some, some good information, if they don't also go out and do it themselves. And I mean, I think Matthew as a PGA member, is is at the at the sharp end of his own professional learning because he's actually teaching it as well, which which they say is the the end result of, of knowing your your trade is that you can actually teach it back to people and have it make sense to them. So, Matthew, in that regard, you're doing a you're doing a great job because you're you are you are there. You are providing some good, great information to people back in your particular area. But uh, I think we're yeah we we we've certainly shit that the PGA as a whole. I certainly can't take credit for for moving the needle from from twenty five years ago to where we are now. But I'd like to. T- to be part of the group that takes some credit for making sure that we don't just sit on our laurels and, and say, okay, well, it's good enough now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're recognized within Great Britain as as having one of the best sports education programs of any of the national governing bodies of sport, which is fantastic. Government uh, gave us that accolade probably about four or five years ago. But we want to keep making sure that what we provide is relevant, we talk about putting the right pro in the right place at the right time within the association, which is this concept that within the world, within the, within Great Britain and Ireland, within the U.S., within within any country in the world that plays golf, you're going to have different facilities and you're going to have different people playing the game with different needs. And it doesn't mean that we teach or we help to, to formulate a cookie-cutter PGA professional, but we do help to help them, hopefully, to make sure that they can fulfill a need for a customer and perhaps for a facility so that PJ Pros are, are a, a, a prerequisite for any golf facility to to generate great playing experiences, to generate activity at the golf club where where people are having fun, they're, they're frequenting the place more frequently, which will ultimately make paid evidence for the professional themselves. I mean, we, we need, we have a, a big drive at the moment on something called raymaker which is it's really just trying to get people get pj members to be as active as they can in their facility cuz we're all suffering from declines in participation mm-hmm. but i think pj professionals with good coaching skills specifically uh and also good knowledge of fitting and a good a good uh ability to engage with people they are the people who are going to bring people back to the game they're going to they're going to be the people that will will keep people in the game cuz it is a uh, it's a yeah. people business
1: I strongly believe that because even the education side of the PGA, no doubt since when I finished the program, I, no doubt it's come on leaps and bounds since then. But even the education that I got in the different areas that I was being educated in, I have so much at my disposal to be, like you said, be active. I have. Mm got a, a baseline knowledge and skill set in custom fitting and in the business aspect and on, on the business side of golf as well as coaching obviously being my main thing but it was part of that coaching that uh, was very much uh, evidence-based when i was then uh, like i said no doubt it's getting even more so uh, which led me to read certain papers and and certain books that led me to read other books which has ultimately put me in the position where i am now and so yeah. Uh, and my coaching business is, um, it, you know, it's growing, and no doubt that that is a result of what I gained from the PGA. Uh-huh. So it it really is. It's the yeah. We are looking at a decline in participation, but the skill set that the PGA is providing is is really can can really facilitate the. Change of that participation rate. I, I feel anyway.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree entirely. I mean, back to your point, Cordy, as well that you made about what are we doing to, to tr- in terms of growing. I think one of the things that across across all the subject areas that uh, that Matthew just mentioned, one of the things that we're trying to do in the assessment of whether or not an individual is going to make uh, a PJ professional is is we're trying to make sure that the the way in which we run the program, the way in which we uh, develop assignments and, and, and practical ex- assessments is done in such a way that, that you're starting to create a sort of a lifelong learner, somebody, somebody who, once they, they leave three year training program, which is the only compulsory part, that they actually are more inquisitive, that like they are more curious, that they do want to know a bit more. So the way in which the program, even, even, necess- even without necessarily changing the content of the program. Just the ways in which we're trying to change the way in which it's delivered and the way in which we ask questions is is hopefully starting to get more people uh like Matthew who who do want to take a take a particular direction,
0: if you like, and, and run with it and know more about it and get deeper into it. Very cool. Very cool. To so kind of wrap up, what's the future hold for you or are you working on any exciting projects to, to share with us or any kind of final final thoughts there about about the future and and where you all are heading?
2: Yeah, well, uh, well, as I said, we're we're just in the middle of uh, reviewing the four levels of coaching qualifications. So again, these are traditionally PGAs uh, would develop their own qualifications in house. They would deliver them in house, and they would get them assessed in house, and they would award a certificate in house. But nowadays, if you're going to be a robust body that provides qualifications, then we work with the University of Birmingham. Uh, we work with uh, Sports Coach UK and the United Kingdom Coaching Certificate to ensure that our qualifications are set to a standard, which is, is at least the equivalent across across all sport. So that's the big plan. Really. I've got six months now of, of re, re rewriting. First of all, I guess, uh, just getting more feedback from the successes we've had so far, but then looking at well, how can we do it better? How can we do it more efficiently and more effectively? So that uh, come probably uh, the start of our winter, which is sort of September, end of September beginning of October, we've got uh, four qualifications that have uh, been uh, been reviewed, have been uh, adapted, and, and are being delivered by our, by our, our tutors and our assessors across, across Great Britain and Ireland. So I think I've got enough to keep me going for the next uh, six <laughs> months or so. But uh, no, it's, that, that's, that's, that's where we are. Uh, there, there are other guys like Michael, you've met Michael Abbott who's, who's doing work around CPD. So I know we're in conversations with yourselves on how we start to accredit the learning that some of our PJ members will do with you through, through the great summits that you do and through the work that, that Matthew's done with the game like training. Uh, we will find a way to do that. We're, we're, we're working on, Matthew, uh, Michael's working on a program where we can start to accredit more informal learning more easily uh, that will only benefit any of any of your listeners that are involved in digesting podcasts for their for the benefit of their own practice uh, digesting papers YouTube videos whatever medium it is that that, that, that floats their boat to, to make them better so that's a big bit of work and that will again that will hopefully help BJ professionals document the fact that they are getting better
0: year on year at what they do Brilliant brilliant, well, thank you so much for your support and for really sharing you know some of the content and sharing stuff that that, that I've been doing that matthew has been doing for for quite a while now it, It's fantastic, so really appreciate it.
2: I only share it because you both do a great job cordy so uh there was a great saying that uh there's a friend of mine called Ian James uh from South Africa who's done some work with us who who says uh, well put me in put me in in the direction of a of a quote which was uh Something along the lines of I haven't recommended your uh, your product because I necessarily think you're good. it's because i i I know that my friends will enjoy it. something along those lines. so it's 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 not this is the first time we've met, which is and it's been great to do this podcast, but ultimately, the reason I share it is because I know it's good information for for pJ golf professionals and, and anybody who's interested in coaching. So it's not a question that I'll as long as you keep doing a great job, I'll keep uh, pushing uh, pushing your names forward because I think you are doing some some great work. That's great. Brilliant. And I butchered butchered that quote, but I'll
0: uh, I'll find it somewhere.
1: (laughs) We'll post the quote out for you all, people. Don't worry about it.
0: There we go. Well, thank you so much. Any final call to action of, like, places you want people to go or anything like that? Or things you want people to do?
2: Uh, I think if if people, especially PGA members, aren't following us on Twitter, then uh, at PGA Member Ed is where we would post a lot of content for... uh, for members that we find that that we don't necessarily want to stick into into the the back office of the members area, but which which is which is generally current current content current information. So definitely get onto the Twitter handle uh, for those PGA members who don't spend too much time in our members area. They ha- they have access to it. Then please go there because again stuff that's perhaps more extensive we'll we'll host within our web pages on, on that side. Obviously that's not open to anybody who's not a member, but. Uh, lots of great great information great great content there as well and i guess overall just i've always always been an advocate of 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 be passionate and be curious uh and
0: if you do those two things then i think hopefully people will get will get better at what they do brilliant brilliant well thanks for coming on man uh and thanks for everything i really appreciated you sharing and uh and hanging out with us today excellent thank you very much guys